Hi everybody, I'm Chris Stevenson and welcome to Inside View here on Calaveras County Public Access Television. I have a great guest today. His name is Ben Stopper. You probably have heard of him. He is the chairman of the Calaveras County Board of Supervisors and he is the representative for District 5. Five. Thank you very much. Thank and, you, Chris. Uh, and I have to tell you, Ben, thank, thank you for coming. If you Google the name Ben Stopper, the first thing you see is a picture of me. <laughs> and I want to apologize for that, and, and, and I apologize for the Google algorithm. Because, and, and it's a picture of me because we did an interview back in April, and, uh, and that's what Google puts up first, is you and I talking together, and of course, you know, one of the two people in the interview, it's my picture that pops up first and not yours, so I apologize for that. <laughs> that's okay, Chris. It, it, it probably brings down your, 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 uh, the, the respect that people have for you, but it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyway, so how are you and how is the Board of Supervisors? You know, I'm doing doing well. I think all of the Board of Supervisors is doing well. Um, we got a lot of good people working towards good causes. Uh, you know, um, it's been a really good group to work with this year. I appreciate I, the support they've given me. I've noticed that. Uh, and you, as part of the Board, laugh a lot together, which is not something I would have expected uh, amongst people that are doing very serious work, but you, but you really do. You seem to get along with each other, and that's got to be very important when you're trying to get things done. Yeah, I mean, we, <clears throat> we definitely have our differences. We definitely have our point of views, but at the same time, uh, be able to be lighthearted and carry on, because, look, even past those differences, we still have to work forward to, to a common um, consensus yeah. Uh, uh, of the board and you know once that votes happen it is what it is yeah there are very important things to work on and right now it of course is, is the pandemic and amongst other things uh, but that's been top of mind for so long and how's the county doing with COVID-19 right now um you know actually the you know I would say there has been some deaths unfortunately my heart goes out to those people uh there was a uh steady rise back in July and August of sick people, um, but that, that number's dwindled more so recently. Uh, our public health, uh, along with uh, Corey Allen in public health uh, and Dr. Ramirez has moved forward just giving more access to vaccines um, in the last few months, just having more clinics, driving to people, um, so I think there's, you know, we, we are offering services to the people in an expedient fashion that want it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's really stepped up recently. And I'm, I'm happy to say that the numbers are dwindling, which is, you know, we've seen this happen multiple times throughout the last year and eight months or yes. year and a half. And, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride with COVID. And, I would hope that we're working towards putting it behind us. Yeah, well, I think we're all optimistic and hopeful that that is going to happen. But mm -hmm. fall and winter are coming along, and that means that people are closer together, and it's more easy to spread things like viruses, which include now the flu, which uh, you mm -hmm. can get the flu vaccine for free, and, uh, and of course, COVID-19. The statistic I read recently is that 55% of age eligible Calaveras residents now are vaccinated, which is well short of what we had hoped for for herd immunity. But maybe even more surprising that only 29% of our youth that are eligible to receive the vaccine now are, are, 
are vaccinated, which is about half of the statewide average, which is, I think, 59%. So what can we do? Um, you know, I personally think that's a choice of the families moving forward with their children. Uh, skepticism is a thing. You know, um, it, it, there are quite a few people. I mean, I worry, I have a young child. And personally, you know, I've had the vaccine, but I want some time in there before I have her get hers, because I want to see what the long-term effects are. And, you know, I, I, I trust the doctors to say the right thing, but we haven't had the time to see those long-term effects if they, if they do develop. So I understand why some parents are skeptical. At the same time, um, you know, it's a serious disease that, you know, does kill some people and we should proceed with utmost caution. My daughter wears her mask to school. She's very uh, oriented to it at school. She, it doesn't bother her, um, but, you know, we sat down and talked to her. It was part of her choice. It's something we do with our family. She's only 12. The CDC hasn't fully done it except for 16 and older. So we're, we're gonna wait our time and, and see what happens okay. with our child. How's the uh, Calaveras economy doing in the COVID era? It's doing well. Um, you know, the numbers did somewhat the opposite of what we thought that we thought what they would. I mean, last year, going into uh, 2020, March, April, June, we're like, oh boy, there it goes. Everyone's staying home. But overall, sales did go up. Um, you know, we, I think in March, you and I talked a little bit about the real estate market. Home prices have gone through through the ceiling. They I think did. they've definitely leveled out yes. and they're drop deflating just a little bit right now. But the construction business is doing particularly well now, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. Yes they are. And at the same time, uh, <clears throat> you know, the construction costs for material, uh, six months ago, half inch piece of plywood was over $100. I went into cinders the other day they're down near 30, it is lower $30 per sheet. So, I mean, that, that's, that's good news on costs of building homes. And, and uh, so I'm optimistic about that. So yes, good. construction's staying busy. Tell me a little bit about the American Rescue Act because that's gotta impact our county. Yes, absolutely. The American Rescue Act is money put forward to help infrastructure um, come back from the pandemic, you know, how can we invest the money? Uh, we, we have an $8.9 million location for Calaveras County. Originally it came through very strict with guidelines that uh, after looking at it for a while with our CAO and discussing it, we were just like, we don't know if there's any place we can legitimately use this without having to pay it back and give it back. But there's new guidance being released it's passed by the Senate and is currently in the House. Um, you know, it's been approved by the Senate. So it seems likely it'll pass and get signed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm optimistic that it will pass. And uh, administration will be discussing the potential uses of funding with the board before the end of 2021. And, and so, you know, wait for that to pass. 
and then we can see how we can facilitate that money and help bolster our services to the county and help bolster our county. Yeah, money money's great. Give us more money, that would be fine with me. Well, as long as we can find a, you know, a, a legitimate use uh, for it that, of course, we don't have to pay back. I noticed in the Board of Supervisors meeting yesterday, you talked at great length about redistricting. Of course, the census was uh, 2020, and we got the figures back exactly what the population is and how it's distributed in Calaveras County, but now you're mandated to draw new lines. And it was mind-numbing, I'm telling you, to watch the deliberations on how do you do that. So well, tell me about that. It's a complicated process. So there's a series of guidelines put forward. Um, First of all, population has to be pretty darn close to even for every district. And, that, and that's that way we're equally representing people. People okay. are equally represented. Yeah, so you can vary that a little bit. Uh, and the figures you were talking about were either 2% or 5% off. Have you kind of sort of come to a consensus uh, as to what you want to do there? Uh, you know, I don't think we've come to a consensus on where we're going to be at because we're, we're still in the works, you know. Um, by no means were we going to finish it yesterday. It's it's complicated, but you know, <clears throat> there's varying views on what that population deviation can be. We say five percent. Some people are like, well, I'm five percent below the average, which would be about nine thousand sixty people approximately. Mm -hmm. um, well. So you're, one saying, I'm sorry, you're saying each district needs to have around 9,060 people for them all to be even, equal. so that there are five equal. There are five districts in Calaveras County, so that that that's equal population in these each district. So you're talking about whether we can go two or five percent off of that 9,060 or so. That's what we're talking about, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So one person may be five percent below, another person maybe 5% above. And when you say and person, you, you mean... Oh, district. Kind of district supervisor. Yeah, yeah. district that, supervisor. That dis, that's I, I'm going gonna, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to retract first. <laughs> okay. We're talking districts. We're supposed to take the people out of the matter, right? Right. But, but we're representing the districts as people. So one could be below 5%, one could be above 5%, but there's a 10% difference between the highest and the lowest district and at that point, you really have a 10% deviation, mm. which, you know. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, well, for us, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. You know, for San Joaquin County, dividing the population, it's not so yeah. much. But that's not the only parameter that you have to deal with. Of course, there no, are many, many. But one of the big things you have to consider is exactly where you draw the line. You don't want to divide, and there's a term for community. Of interest. Community of interest. Say, for example, the city of San Andreas, okay? You don't really township. want to, the town, I'm sorry, it, yeah, Angels is a city, but mm. township. For, but you don't, want to, you don't want to split that in half, and yet what we see, the lines being drawn are pretty close to like splitting this, this area, this community of interest apart, and that's not the only one. You're also talking about Copperopolis and Vallecito. Man, I don't envy you. Rancho Calaveras, we have Valley Springs, La Contena, and so there's some complications with that. We have numbers put into uh, census blocks, which are population blocks 
they're drawn by somebody from outside of Calaveras County. Now, it so, made sense to them when they, they did it, but you know, not necessarily sense to us who actually know what's on the ground in Calaveras County so fully. This was probably somebody from the United States Census Bureau that drew these little lines, okay? I would, and, and we have I would to use assume. Those. We have to use those little boxes with the number of residents within right. that box. And some of, those, some of those census blocks cross over into multiple communities of interest. One, for example, is that crosses over is between La Conteno and Rancho Calaveras. They literally, the houses go up to each other from both community of interest. One's, they're both HOAs in a sense. Um, and so those census blocks either have to go one way or the other. So we're not going to be able to 100% appease every community of interest just because our hands are tied where the way the census blocks were drawn. I got you. If community members want to get involved, if they want to understand it, if they'd like to make recommendations, uh, how, how might they do that best? Uh, th there's multiple ways. Um, my suggestion is to get your public comment in in a timely manner. I would get, get onto your computer get onto the county website, get under the elections clerk recorder's office. Personally, when I go to get onto the site that I want, I type in Calaveras County and I write redistricting and then it'll show, it comes up right on top of Google and you're, you click on the county website and it'll go right to the page. There's a community mapper where you can go through and you can see the census blocks, the communities of interest. There's a, uh, there's parts where you can click on and you can go make public comment and there's a community mapper where you could submit your community of interest along with your uh, along with your uh, public comment. Gotcha. Will there be a town hall or two or ten about this redistricting process? We, we've had five town halls of the sort spread out through the districts already in September and so now we're on to the point where the board is doing it. So I would say the board chambers is the town hall. You can show up in person. You can make your comment to the board there. Yeah, which is a change. During COVID, you couldn't show up in person. It had to be via Zoom. Um, now we have can, been for a while letting people into the board chambers. Which is great. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about uh, cannabis in, in Calaveras County. I saw in the news recently that the Sheriff's uh, Marijuana Enforcement Unit uh, seized $3.8 million worth of marijuana plants at a house in Jenny Lynn. That's your neighborhood, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how is it that there are still so many illegal pot growers in this county when it's legal? Um, you know, it's the money. Uh, you know, there's, there's people growing in California to sell it out of state, which is all black market, you know, none of the legal growers here are selling it out of state. So yeah, it's always been the money and there's always been that factor. I think, you know, you're seeing it real lot in the newspaper with the Sheriff's Department. There was a difference prior to 2016 when you didn't see it too often in the newspaper. Now you see it all the time. We've used money uh, generated from the legal growers. We've given it to our sheriff's department. The MET team, the marijuana for, for enforcement team, has been doing hard work 
to, to remove the illegal growers. And the point being behind that is, you know, if you're not going to do it the right way, you're going to do it with illegal pesticides, you're going to, you know, taint our properties, your neighbors, um, you know, facilitating the black market and not paying your taxes like the rest of us citizens. Um, it's not going to be easy in Calaveras County. And I think our sheriff's department's done a wonderful job sending that word through. I've talked. I had talked to a uh, representative of Mariposa County, and they they told me that, hey, we have guys that had gotten in trouble in Calaveras County, popping up in Mariposa County. I was like, well, you need to start enforcing harder because that's what we're doing. So they're finding out it's not as easy to make a dollar here. I gotcha. But where we live in a rural area. And out of sight, out of mind's a thing. Yeah. How do we compare to other counties like, for example, Humboldt County, which is the marijuana capital of California, maybe the world? Do you, are there figures there where you can compare, you know, inf marijuana enforcement by county? Um, I would assume going to each individual county's website. Um, you know, I haven't really done research by county. Mm -hmm. I, all the counties in California by any means. Um, but I do have to say that, you know, looking at the counties around us, our sheriff's department's done a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. is, is the cannabis issue something that will be addressed in the strategic plan? And tell us about the strategic, strategic plan. Okay, um, by the cannabis issue, the legal gross? Yeah, legal versus illegal and how to enforce and, and, and perhaps maybe how to make it um, more, not profitable is not the right word, but easier to become a legal grower so that the illegal growers have more incentive to become legal. Is that part of our plan? Um, I think that the strategic plan may is more of a broad look, like the general plan for the plan of how we're going to move forward with land use in the county. Strategic plans, not so specific on how we're going to do with commercial cultivation as opposed to legal growth. It's how we're going to proceed as a board to get to the points where we make the decisions on how to do that. Okay. So, um, you know, that's, that's, a little bit different, but at the same time, it's something in the thought process of how we proceed with different ordinances and everything. I think our ordinance that we put forward for uh, commercial cultivation is a little strict. I mean, honestly, in 2016, we had over 1,200 applications total for cultivation in Calaveras County and well over 700 people that actually ha had something going on the ground. Now we have almost 70, possibly 70 permits in the county. We're looking at possibly 20 to 30 more coming through next year. We're moving forward slowly. And that, that, that way these people can build um, slowly and we can keep everyone in check that they're following the proper orders. They aren't, you know, they aren't, they aren't, uh, using the wrong pesticides, they're building everything as per county code, they're getting their grading permits and everything, and we aren't overwhelmed as a county entity in being able to facilitate that. So, you know, I don't think the thought of the board behind that is we did a limited number of commercial grows, 
I don't think we want to necessarily open that up to everyone again by any means what you know as you said making it easier for people i think we need to fill in the possible 192 that we uh, we did with our ordinance mm -hmm. see where we're at see how it's working and proceed from there and to make the decision then sounds reasonable to me okay we used to have a thing in this county called the civil grand jury it it uh, i know you i just saw you roll your eyes and i've done the no. same thing okay <laughs> Um, it, 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 I don't know if it's here or there, nor there, but it got disbanded. But one of the things that the, the civil grand jury has consistently had a, you know, an issue with is uh, our animal services department. So Absolutely. Do we have a plan for that, of fixing this problem? And maybe explain for our viewers exactly what the problem is over there. Um, you know, our, our facilities are older, antiquated. Um, you know, it's been a discussion for well over a decade off the top of my head, and the grand jury had brought up a multitude of times. Expanding the shelter, that way we can expand our services. Look, if you know, if we have an issue with a lot of animals at one time, we don't necessarily have the facilities to do it, especially when it comes to larger animals. So, um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what the recommendations from the grand jury were, but you know, I'll get back to the strategic planning in a second. Part of us moving forward as the board say, hey, we want to listen to the grand jury because you know we may not agree with all their recommendations, but at the same time, there's a you know, I like with anybody, we don't necessarily agree with all the time. There's little pieces of gold in there that we want to pick out because they're right, you know. So animal services and the facilities there um, was one of our higher priorities. Um, Ms. Callaway's always been a fan of moving forward on this. Um, so we, we formed an ad hoc committee to move forward and start working on it. Uh, Mr. Toffinelli and Ms. Callaway, both our supervisors, District 1 and uh, District 3, are on it. They've been meeting. Um, they're also dealing with the sheriff's sheriff's uh, uh, jail and main complex up there with some issues that need to be brought up to speed. Is this ad hoc committee a committee of two or do, you, do they bring two. in other experts? The committee of two and they bring in uh, other experts. So it was formed in spring of 2021. The committee met this week and is working with a consultant to move the project forward. So they'll, they'll work with a consultant, they'll bring a recommendation to the board, and we as a board will vote on it to whether we want to move forward in one way or another as a, as a whole. So this ad hoc committee brings forward recommendations. Um, you know, I think we're excited at long last that we may be able to address the, the issue after so many years of issues with animal services. I mean, I don't want to direct it at any one person, but you know, we don't have the facilities. We don't necessarily have the mm -hmm. full proper training for all, all the employees. And maybe we need to expand on the employees once we get the proper facilities in place. Yeah. 
um, you know, six hundred thousand dollars was uh, located to be spent on the project in this current fiscal year, which is substantial. That just sounds excellent. Uh, I know there was talk of building or or finding some sort of facility, that, like a barn type facility, for large farm type animals and. No that's yeah. that's not a talk with the board yet so really? that would have to be brought forward to the board of supervisors yeah. to vote on how they want to move forward at that time and again if somebody wanted to uh, to contact the board make their uh, you know their feelings known maybe not necessarily show up for the uh, for the meetings how might they contact you or, or make their feelings known um you know if if they want their feelings known with this or anything you know um our, our emails are up on the website. You can click on you can click on certain links so that you can send an email to the entire board in, together, or you can send emails to uh, each individual supervisor as you see fit. And you read those emails, I'm guessing. Yes, every single one. <laughs> That's great. Yes, in the board of supervisors meeting, which was yesterday, and today's October 27th. Um, a, a very nice thing happened where you recognized the uh, the Calaveras Public Access Television's general manager, Ed Lark, yes. for 20 years of service, and, and Ed's over there watching us right now saying, no, don't talk about me, but uh, sorry, Ed, I'm going to anyway. So thank you, Ed, for 20 years of, of service. He's retiring. And, uh, and, and so thank you, and Marita Callaway, for putting together this little presentation. She does it heartfelt. She's the perfect person to deliver the message. Yes. And, and uh, we do appreciate your time, Ed. Um, you know, like I said to you earlier, a pillar of the community, and we appreciate everything you've given to the community, even if it is your job. <laughs> Terrific. The Wagon Trail, uh, Highway 4 realignment, how's that going? It's it's going. It's moving forward. I mean, we we I'm optimistic that going into this next year we'll be breaking ground. I I mean, uh, we've got a substantial amount of location of money coming in, and um, you know we've acquired the the land uh, for the realignment, and you know it's going to be a benefit for moving from Copperopolis to Angel's Cap in a more safe manner. I have to tell you that uh, one of the, the great characters of living in Calaveras County is that road, because it's so very obviously an old wagon trail. And, uh, and I, I have to say, I, under, I completely understand how you would want to straighten this road. It can be dangerous, but I'm going to miss it. Am I, I'm not the only one, am I? No, no. Um, you know, some of those rock outcroppings on some of the sharper corners and everything. I mean, it's it's the it's the country that I grew up in in Calaveras County. It's like Cal, uh, Highway 26 was realigned, straightened out. It used to be a bit, quite a bit more windy, but you know, mm -hmm. the end times, more traffic. It's it's safer for everyone to have it realigned. Yeah, and we hope that it will make it easier for people that are on the west side of us to come in as, you know, as tourists and, uh, and spend their tourism dollars in our, our little county. What do you think, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left, what do you think the, like the, the issues that you would want to address in the future might be? What's important, this is what I'm asking, what's important to Ben Stopper for the future? Well, you know, I've been ringing the bell about the strategic plan from the uh, beginning of being on the board. Uh, they've talked about it in the past. I'm, you know, 
with this timeline subject to change, you know, um, our county has contemplated a strategic plan, but has not succeeded in forming one for quite some time. In spring of 2021, the board directed formation of a strategic planning and financing committee to drive the process and make recommendations to the board. This is a Brown Act committee. People out in the community are more than welcome to um, dial in. We post the meetings for this. Ms. Full, Supervisor Fullendorf and Supervisor Garamendi are both on the strategic planning committee. Um, I'm very happy to say that they've been mo moving forward on it. We, uh, the board approved retaining a municipal resources group, uh, Robert Bendorf, to facilitate creation of the strategic plan. That way we can have, let's say, a more guided conversation and move forward on it, let's say, as opposed to our redistricting meeting yesterday at the end of the day. You know, we, I think we got a little tired by the end of the day yesterday. I got you. I, I have to cut you off. I'm sorry we're out of time. Hey. But uh, with your leadership, the strategic plan is in good hands. And I want to thank you for coming on and, and talking with me today. I appreciate your time, Chris. We're going to do it again, right? Yes, we will. Okay. Thanks for watching Inside View.